0: got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle, got Mike Brown to beat to the last
1: line of a defense and here goes Joseph, Joseph's going to get over. Well, mm-hmm. he was absolutely knocked back into next win by Atwood. Mm-hmm. Dave mm-hmm. Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Mm-hmm. Watson goes on the outside Oh, Watson goes mm-hmm. magnificently on the outside.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. We are finally recovered from what was an amazing Clash weekend, and we are here to bring you our thoughts on Bath's victory against Bristol. I am joined in studio by Charlie. Hi, Gabriel. And Tom has still not been able to recover fully to make it to Bath, but he's down the line. Hi, Tom.
1: Hello, boys. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So as I say... Uh, we're going to talk about that clash. We're also going to talk about Reese Prieston's new contract and then look ahead to Bath's West Country derby against Gloucester at Home on Saturday. But first things first, Tom, before we get into the game, how did you find the, the sort of clash experience?
1: Yeah, I thought it was incredible. Yeah, again, um, the club put on a, a fantastic show. Um, probably pr- probably sort of made it a bigger event than it has been um, in, in the last two years that they've done it. I don't know if that was... Um, you know, because it was a West Country derby. You know, they had 60, just over 60,000 people there. And it was almost, you know, a bit like a, an Olympic ceremony at mm. the start with blue, black and white uh, carpets, um, you know, probably 50 or 60 um, people down on the field with big uh, bar flags, uh, sort of all waving them um, in symphony. So uh, yeah, it was it was really good. It set the scene really nicely. And I think um, sort of the crowds getting behind, the players the players walking out into that sort of atmosphere, um, was sort of one of the main reasons why we had such a fast start because we haven't really done that this season. But yeah. you know, those guys were 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 I think um, potentially, you know, as a result of of, of, of that to some extent.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Actually, I'm not sure quite how much that sort of performance, as you say, all the fireworks, all the carpets, loads of flags going on, it built a really good atmosphere. I'm not sure how much that cost, but it was certainly worth. I think the initial seven points. I think we spoke last week about um, Bristol perhaps being flustered by the occasion. and I think that sort of maybe took them slightly off guard, and we were certainly um, brought up uh, a level by that uh, initial sort of ceremony.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't Worry too much about the cost, mate. They're selling sixty thousand tickets. I think the uh, the ticket receipts have, have been all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic day and enjoyed by more than sixty thousand people. And I think the fact that it was a, a West Country derby this year made it even better than it has been uh, in the previous two years. The sort of friendly rivalry between the Bath fans and the Bristol fans, which started at 7am sort of in the in the Bristol Wetherspoons, and then on the train, and then in the pubs beforehand, continued right through the 80 minutes and into the night as well. So I think the fact that it was a West Country Derby made it even better day. And yeah, you can tell by uh, the still croaky tones to our voices and the fact that we're two days late with this podcast, that um, we certainly had a good time, Tom. Well... You guys certainly had a good time, but uh, I'm feeling fresh as a daisy. I think I'll have you uh,
2: have you know. I sadly had to pull out last minute, so uh, uh, yeah, it was. I was very jealous watching on the TV. Um, but I guess I can give that slightly different point of view which will make me just
0: that extra extra bit uh, extra bit more valuable to the podcast okay, so let, <laughs> let's get into it mate and, and I'll come to you first what was your thoughts on the game and on on Bath's performance well you know
2: first of all it's got to be said uh, I think we should all be happy that we now know bath won't get relegated because we're past that 40 point mark that everyone's talking about uh, that valuable 40 points that uh, you apparently need to avoid relegation but no I uh, no, it's actually actually looking us looking ahead to to top four but yeah I thought I thought I've got kind of mixed feelings about it I know we were speaking earlier Gabriel and uh, mm. I'm sure they'll all come up now but uh I think I think that first half unbelievable excellent play as you say that that, that initial try you, you, you could put it down to, uh, to, to you know to a Bristol error and us uh, take making the most of it but I think you know bath really showed in that first twenty minutes, that real uh, execution that we were we were <laughs> yeah, on about wow. a couple of weeks ago, um, and yeah, the JJ looked phenomenal. I thought Zach Mercer as well really stood out for me. But we'll get into some individual mm. performances. But uh, yeah, the, the the main negative though is penalty counts. And again, we'll get more uh, we'll touch on that more in depth in a minute. But um, uh, otherwise, I think uh, all in all, pretty pretty good performance.
0: Yeah, Tom. If you were to give the the performance a sort of rating out of ten, so I think certainly in in the sort of bars afterwards, there was a real mixture of of, of opinions about how good a performance that actually was by Bath. Obviously, to get the five points is fantastic, but did that slightly flatter us? And if you were to give a, a, a score out of ten, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I think we played well in parts, as as Charlie as Charlie said. I'd probably sort of, I guess, give us maybe a seven out of ten, but I think. Probably more importantly, I'd probably give Bristol um, sort of a three or four out of ten because I think, as as there often is, um, there's sort of two sides to it, and I think Bristol potentially threw this away um, with some of their play more than we won the game. Um, you know, I'm particularly thinking early on they were just being um, sort of ridiculously ambitious. You know, in the in the first minute, um, trying to play from uh, uh, you know from inside their 22, and I know that's their style of play but sometimes you have just got to be pragmatic particularly when lots of those guys won't have played in an atmosphere like that and you know uh getting that five meter scrum straight away and off first phase Jonathan mm. Joseph scores and suddenly they're chasing the game and that just made it so much more difficult so I think yeah you know we look good in parts and and, and I guess we'll come on to that but um if I was a Bristol fan um, or a Bristol player at that game um I'd be really disappointed with the way that we just let um bath have easy points and ultimately put the game out of reach
2: yeah yeah i'd agree with you especially considering if you are going to play that style of play you you've got probably you know one one chance to cock up and i think they didn't really learn from that at all they kept on just just trying the the same way but harder it felt like they were just trying to run the ball from absolutely everywhere and there are about three or four occasions where they made simple simple errors i think if you're going to play that game you really got to be fully committed and I just don't felt uh, I just don't feel like
0: they were. Yeah but I, I would I would argue with that and I would say they've done that all season and they've had a real element of success to it and I'd actually credit our defence. I thought our defence was fantastic. We sort of gang tackled them and certainly for the for the initial um the initial five meter scrum and then try and then for the, the priest and kick through that was more great defence from, from Fotoli and I think our defence really smothered them and I think you spoke on last week's podcast actually Tom about how important our defence the was going to be in that area, sort of not letting them get uh, breaks from inside their twenty-two, and not let them play the, the sort of style of play that has let them had success. And I know that Bristol didn't execute like they would have liked to, but I think our defence has got to take some credit for that. I thought in patches we were fantastic in defence on Saturday, and that's what won us the game. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, 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 I certainly agree with you. And like that, you know, some of those areas before. Certainly, the the priestman kick through. You know, Campo to Lee managed to, to, to tackle uh, tackle the ball off uh, off. Harry Randall Um, but I do think we paid the price in in, in the penalty count like all all you've got Mm. to say is that first half we went into half time having conceded eight penalties to their nil it was was just it was ridiculous it was almost bemusing watching it on TV and I know some people did criticise the ref saying it was a very one-sided performance I'm I'm not too sure on that like there there is an element you don't get you don't get a a penalty count like that from, from, from nothing but obviously we got on the wrong side of the ref uh, and I I just think I just think we, we were pushing the off sideline too much and we were getting penalised for it
0: yeah know. perhaps perhaps uh, I'd agree with that I think it was 11-0 actually at one point but I think we kind of you know you live by the sword die by the sword with that sort of defence and I think you know to, certainly in the first half it may have been Eight, um, eight, nil in the penalty cam, but we're winning by seventeen points, and I've got a try from our defence. So I think, yeah, we could have been slightly better in 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 our discipline, without doubt. However, I do think our defence was was really good, and it was really fast, and I think that is what sort of set the platform for for the, for the victory.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't know if I agree with you on the defence. To be honest, G, I know um, we both had a few a few jars by the time that we came we came to watch the game the first time round. But from where we were sitting, we had a good sort of aerial view. From behind, um, sort of behind Bristol, attacking in, in that first half, and I sort of made the point to you at the time that they seemed to be sort of opening us up, sort of almost almost too easily with some of the running lines that they were making. I know they weren't able to execute that final pass, but you only have to look at sort of some of the stats: 13 clean breaks to our nine clean breaks. You know, we got the bonus point try, but they, they were you know making the clean breaks, being the defenders, they beat seven more defenders than us, and I know. Um, you know these statistics only sort of tell part of the story. But I um, was almost a little bit concerned at times that uh, you know they were opening up the defence um, fairly easily. Um, and if they'd been able to, as I say, make that last pass, um, it could have been a very, very different outcome. You know, 19-9 up, I think it was at half time, um, and Bristol had two thirds um, of the possession that first half and more than two thirds. Of the territory, so you've got to say that's missed opportunities from them rather than us sort of uh, grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck.
2: Yes and no, I think I think there's I think especially in that first half. If you're going to quote the first half, Tom, I think I think that that was when we we played our best rugby, you know, in attack and in defence. And no, to 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 deny them any scoring opportunity, you know, the 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 only the only real chance that that they got was that uh, was that Morahan kicked through, and he almost managed to dot it down if it wasn't for Zach Mercer coming across, but. other than that, they never really looked like scoring that first half, and I thought we smothered them. Most of those, most of those clean breaks, defenders beaten, meters made, I felt came in the second half, and I think we were, we were really on the ropes. And I was I was genuinely worried watching the game that we were going to lose it. Come come the final final ten minutes, when they pulled it back to seven points.
0: Yeah, I I do kind of think we're all sort of saying the same thing. I think the way we defended was a really aggressive way, and with that is going to come sort of the upside in that you might get sort of turnovers in the right areas, which will lead to tries. But then, with that as well, you'll get um, you'll get a higher higher proportion of sort of clean breaks and, and defenders beaten just with that style of defence. And I think on this occasion, whilst it certainly hasn't worked on some occasions this season, on this occasion I think it did work. And I think the proof is sort of in the pudding and in the scoreline in the fact that we won uh, and we won with five points. And and, and therefore I think the defence was was successful on the day. Just moving to sort of the other side of the ball now, um, and let's talk a little bit about our attack, Charlie. And, and what did you sort of make of our, our performance in attack? Yeah,
2: I, I, thought, I thought JJ looked the most dangerous man on the field, you know, easily, easily. Uh, you know, his, it just, his ability to, to distribute, I thought, was fantastic. Um, uh, his kick through was, was, you know, was, was phenomenal. Probably the highlight of the game. Mm. Uh, and uh and and yeah, I I think I think we, we didn't really we didn't really manage to. Like, I, Tom Homer was very quiet. We couldn't really get our back three into the game. I thought Joe Thockenasiiga didn't really do anything. I know I know he scored that try from kind of two meters out, but uh, on, on his wing, I don't really felt he he got himself into the game. Uh, McConaughey looked dangerous when we got the ball, but I I feel that is just you know them having played well. I uh, I feel like we, we 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 made most of our meters through kind of little breaks perhaps around the fringes. I know Zap Mercer made a little break, you know, offloading it to, uh, to Underhill. Those guys made a couple of bursts. And uh, other than that, I, I just felt like we weren't really able to penetrate their line too easily. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just Tom.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, two of the tries we scored was basically a direct, um, direct profiting from, from Bristol mistakes. Um, I, I agree with you like that, that Joseph little chip four was probably um, the single like, individual piece of skill um, and just shows his class and, and you know, at the right time, to be honest, because he's going to um, have to start um, impressing, as he is doing now, to, to get in that England squad. I think McConaughey and and, and Thocanesega, the nature of the game, um, and I think us trying to play maybe a slightly tighter um, game um, at Twickenham, meant that they didn't get too much of the ball. I would say that McConaughey, yet again, just so impressive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the atmosphere, we've spoken about that a lot, um, and him... Uh, playing um, in his first season of 15s in front of 60,000 people, high pressure um, against some experienced players, um, you know, in in the likes of Luke Moraghan on the opposite side. And I thought, again, he just acquitted himself incredibly. He's just so strong. Um, I know we've said this before, but he, Mm -hmm. he gets the ball and... Um, he, he always, he, he invariably beats a couple of defenders. He's so so good the high ball. I was, I was yeah again so so impressed with him and uh, yeah. So j- just thought I'd uh, just thought I'd give him him a bit of a shout out. Yeah, but nothing yeah, from a, a great. Gr- nothing from not grace. Nothing from grace shining light um, shining light um, in the backs
0: uh, on Saturday yeah JJ was absolutely quality and, and I was quite impressed with our attack actually and, and what has been so sort of infuriating um, on this podcast we've said it so many times is, is just aren't clinical when we get the chances we saw it uh, in the last game against extra chiefs we just we had the sort of most of the ball most of the territory um, and we just couldn't take the chances when they were given to us and this week we took our chances score four tries and got five points and I'm sorry, you can't complain if one week, oh, we haven't got, we haven't had enough of the ball. We're not making, you know, we're, we're not making too many, enough clean breaks, but we've scored four tries. And then the next week you're going, oh, well, we're not clinical enough. You, you can't have it both ways. I thought we were fantastically clinical on Saturday. And when we got that chance, when we got a chance, we invariably took it. And that was so, so refreshing to see. It felt like. Bath were playing sort of how Bath, what Bristol, sorry, were playing how Bath had played so many times this season. And Bath were playing like the opposition that Bath had played so many times this season. It reminded me a lot of that extra game in that when we got in the 22, we took our chance. And when they didn't, they couldn't, when they did, they couldn't take it. And it was roles reversed in the extra game. And and that is why I'm pretty positive about the performance because it's very difficult to come on here and complain one way and then complain the other. I was so happy that we got the four tries. Basically five opportunities, four tries and one missed sort of drop goal. So so I was really happy with that and it was so refreshing and, and so good to see. Yeah.
1: I think, I, I think that's spot on G actually. And like how many times have we been on this podcast lamenting mm. um lamenting a loss when ultimately if we would taken a few more of our chances it could have turned into a win? And that that's sort of the point I'm making. I think if you're a Bristol fan, you could make that argument. But from our side of the fence, it's good that we're finally, um, albeit potentially against weaker opposition, starting to starting to nail these these opportunities, and and I think potentially continuity and selection, um, it does have something to do with that. Yeah,
0: yeah. sorry, Charlie, just before you come in, I think JJ and and Roberts were key to that. Their continuity and selection that started to, to sort of bear fruits. JJ was was wonderful.
2: Yeah, certainly. I I just think what we're all trying to say is that we can all agree on the fact that clinicality did win us the game at the end mm. of the day. Uh, I, I just the, the reason and I think so often lost yeah. us the game. I know, I know, I know. I, I think just the reason why why we, we we've got this kind of mixed bag of feelings at the moment is is because it's because I think of the penalty count and the fact that it really it, it should have been kind of twenty six nil coming to coming to the to, to the final ten minutes when that's when they eventually scored their first try. But yeah, I think that that that's just what I'm trying to say is is it's worrying from a bath from a bath perspective. Uh, the,
0: the, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I am think I'm going around in circles it was, a bit. It wasn't a perfect performance and there were certainly some negatives like the penalty mm-hmm. count, but, but to sort of ask for a, a perfect performance on such a, a big stage, I think is a lot. And, and just to get the win and, and to get the five points, well, I, I was absolutely buzzing after it i yeah. thought i thought it was a fantastic win and and a really good day out for for a lot of bath yeah. fans and
2: the, the bonus point was extremely valuable i mean that yeah. what, what's that done to our, our our league position now is it it, it puts us uh, it puts us in in, in sixth place uh, tied with sale on 44 points um who are just above us in fifth uh, but yeah it's meant it's meant uh, with with harlequin's um harlequin's losing at the weekend it's it's meant that we're, we're really in for the shout um uh, to, of getting into that top four spot it's looking really really
0: likely yeah and whilst it was slight disappointing that we we sort of let oh, bristol wouldn't, get...
1: say, wouldn't say really likely mate we've got to play we've got to play sale and gloucester who are third and fifth respectively in, in the two perfect Yeah,
2: exactly it means it means that we've got two opportunities to stop two teams around us getting any points which take means that we can we can snatch that top
0: spot off them take points from the teams around you and you'll you'll go above them
1: I admire your optimism but you know both those games are away it's going to be tough to to get those two wins but we'll see and yeah we put ourselves in a good position you're right
2: well you know when we've got the final game of the season against the team that's going to be relegated
0: it doesn't matter yeah, it'll be a lovely trip to Welford yeah, Road you can pencil in five points for our last game that is for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um yeah just uh moving on to a few uh player performances now then Tom and we've mentioned a couple uh most notably JJ and briefly Zach Mercer is there anyone else that you'd like to pick out on an individual level
1: I was I was just going to touch on Zach Mercer sort of slightly more. If that's all right. Oh, I know, stolen,
2: stolen. What I was going to say.
1: <laughs> it's a bit a bit of a um, bit broken record, you know. Talking about McConaughey, talking about Mercer. but um, I think these guys stand out as heroes even more when we get when we get when we do get these five point wins. Um, and Mercer was absolutely monstrous on the day, and it's not only his, his attacking um, play that we see so much. You know, he, was t- he, he made more meters than any other player. On the field, but it's also his, his defensive play that is starting to develop, and that's certainly something that um, has improved massively over over um, over the last couple of seasons. You know, he made twenty tackles, which is which is monstrous for for, for a number eight. Um, he tracked back um, to to get that touchdown um, early on in the first half, which uh, I thought was a brilliant effort and fitness uh, to get back uh, and make that touchdown because that could have um, you know swung the game. Back in Bristol's favour, so yeah, Zach Mercer is just an absolute presence um, around the field. He's getting better and better, um, and yeah, with with Eddie Jones at Twickenham, he must have been uh, or had a pretty close eye on 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 Zach Mercer, and I think he's in with a really good shout of getting on that plane to Japan given the last few performances.
2: Yeah, let's certainly hope so. And I'll, another another area of his game that I thought was really impressive was uh, was his control at the base of the scrum because I I I, I did think that you no. Know, we, we've we we've spoken about the front row and how powerful it's been when we've uh, when we've got Thomas in, in that three jersey, and I did think we suffered a bit at scrum time with, uh, without him, uh, which meant that there were a couple of scrums where where we were going you know, we were slightly on the back foot, and I thought the Mercer's ability to to control the ball uh, and, and and his handling to you know to set up that initial try, popping it back to uh, popping it back to um, Alihi was uh, was really valuable as well.
0: Yeah, the only time it, it sort of let him down yeah, was, was right, right at the end. end, and that's that's a point. <laughs> And again, it was it
2: was right right at the end uh, when again I, I, don't know, I don't know if that's a mentality thing. Again, I was I, I kind of thought scrums have been perfect the entire game. Comes the the most important one uh, in the
0: 80th minute, and we cock it up. Yeah, that that did sort of have a length of the field Bristol try for the draw written all over it, didn't it? At the end there, especially when we we cock up that that last scrum and and have to scrum again. But um, thankfully, that didn't happen. Yeah, and yeah. J- j- just on that point. <laughs>
1: Off game without that impending fear at some point during the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but j- yeah. just
2: on that point, I know uh, I've spoken to a couple of people who were who were who were kind of. Uh, angry, if you like, that we didn't try and get another try to stop uh, to stop Bristol uh, getting a get, getting a lose, losing bonus point. But God, you can't be complaining. I was thinking, just <laughs> get it
0: off the field, get it off
2: the field. The amount of times both what was that stat? We had we had uh, four games in a row where we were leading the 80th minute and we managed to lose three of them. <laughs> so just get it off the field.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh,
1: watch when that scrum was setting up. Todd Blackadder sort of stands up and starts sort of talking furiously into his. Um, <laughs> And you obviously can, uh, can bet what he's saying, and yeah, definitely the right decision to get that off. We're not playing in the same part of the table as, as Bristol, really, now. We don't <laughs> yeah. <have to> <laughs> yeah. Let's not worry about them, they'll do what they do um less as you say look upwards Charlie
2: yeah exactly I it was you wouldn't have seen it um being in the stadium but every time Bath scored the camera would pan to Todd Blackadder and you could see he was kind of just just trying to hold in his excitement and kind of just these little pumped fists underneath the desk you, you could see that it meant a lot to him to get those work to get our
1: win shall we uh, should we talk about the uh, sort of the man under the spotlight then uh, Reese Priestland. Gee, how did you uh, assess his performance on Saturday before we talk about the other news that that's come out this week?
0: Yeah, I think it's so difficult to sort of rate Priestland at the moment. He, he's so up and down in games. Like, even within games, he's up and down. It's not just game to game he, he sort of fluctuates. Like, he did some things, I thought, really well. I mean, he took his try nicely, but he was also coming to the line nicely. He was bringing JJ and, and, and Roberts into the game, bringing his forwards into the game. And, th- and then he'll kick it, into straight into uh, he'll miss touch sorry or he'll miss a, a drop goal from, from about five yards out which uh, I'd back even you to get Tom so um yeah it's so difficult to sort of rate him because he's doing so many good things but yet he's doing so many sort of infuriating things. He's kind of like a he kind of like sums up Bath as a club at the moment, do some things really well and some things have you you're your, your, your tearing your hair out. Yeah he does. He you're exactly right. He's a little microcosm of the
2: That's of the Bath exactly team. Team. the word I yeah, was looking yeah. for. And um and uh yeah he 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 does make me pull my hair out though because one thing he does he's supposed to be this he's supposed to be you know a kind of a a game manager he's 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 fantastic metronomic uh, yeah exactly but but no but he's he's supposed to be the man who can control the game he never misses touch he's dead eye dick off the tee but. He doesn't do that. He missed. He misses. He misses a, a drop goal from right in front of the sticks with all the time in the world. That exactly as you say, I would have. I would have bat myself to, to knock that over with my left foot. Like it, it was. It was. It was ridiculous. And then he goes and misses a kick, uh, or a penalty right in front of the sticks, hits the post. Uh, and then he he's he missing touch. He, he does it. He does it far too much. But you're exactly right, Gabriel. There were moments in the game where I thought, no, oh, you know what. I'm glad we kept Rhys
0: Priestland because actually that was really really good. And then he just goes and does he just goes and does that and it just. Oh. I think it'd be all right if, if he was like a, a really young guy. Like I remember actually watching uh, George Ford play um, in 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 the Premiership final against Bath and on the season that he um, he. Uh, he joined in the season before he joined bath sorry and and he sort of missed a couple of kicks you know it, it was slightly inconsistent but you could see flashes of of brilliance and and you could kind of take that with a young guy but but Priesen's so experienced it's like why is he sort of why does he still have the these sort of lapses of of concentration and, and lapses of of sort of ability tom
1: yeah well, i think, i think that's exactly right sort of you can you almost don't mind when the young players kind of make a mistake because you think oh um, he'll learn from it. You know, he'll work on that error. His game. You know, thinking of, of Ford. Um, you know, and, and how inconsistent he used to be off the tee, and now he's 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 pretty, um, as you say, Charlie, dead eye dick um, off the tee uh, for Leicester uh, when he plays now. So, but you know, Prieston, as you say, 32, vastly experienced. You don't really get the impression that he um, is going to learn from it and that his game is is massively going to change from this point. So, for me, you, you just hit the nail on the head. It's a concentration. Um, thing it's a it's a mentality it's it's trying to um, keep your head and execute your skills for, for 80 minutes and uh, um, when he does when he, when he I thought he kicked from hand um, really well uh, during parts of the game we pinned Bristol back into um, in, into their 22 which which you know I said last week I thought would be would be important but then as you say that in the next minute he'll uh, he'll he'll miss touch from a from a penalty and uh, let Bristol run back at us so yeah really inconsistent quite frustrating. Um, but let's hope um, he can sort of rediscover some consistency, because obviously he'll be a blue, black, and white player for at least the next two seasons, boys. Should we, should we touch on this? Yeah, briefly?
0: yeah. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's just uh, throw my running order into the bin and, and and you sort of take it away, Tom. Yeah, as you say, a new two year contract for for Reese Priestland, ending a sort of. Um, a strange sort of episode where where he announced that he was um, was leaving the club. I think that sort of took Bath kind of by surprise. I'm not sure they were expecting him to announce it so early in the season. And then and then we hear that that perhaps he might be staying or perhaps he might be going back to Wales or maybe up north to Sale. And then and then he signs a, a new two-year deal. Um, what do we sort of make of this, Charlie? It kind of puts to bed the, the speculation around some other fly halves. And, and are you happy that that Reese is going to be the man? Well, perhaps the man for for another two years. I honestly don't know what to say about
2: it, other than it's it's a bit shambolic the way this whole thing's been 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 managed. I just I just can't understand it, and it does it does really show that it does seem to be a problem. At Farley House, in our ability to manage anything, anything yeah. you like, it, it, it just seems to be done in in a very bad way. You know, you could talk about you know, Banahan's contract last season, uh, Wilson's contract last season, the whole, the whole you know, George and uh, uh, George, what's his dad called again? Mike Mike Ford's uh, debacle a couple of years ago. I just think, I, I, I just think it, it it seems it seems bizarre that we've gone out, and we've said we want we want. Uh, We want the right guy is what is what they're trying to say and i I get that we want the right guy we want to have want to have a, a high class world class 10 who can come in and pull the strings properly but uh we haven't found him so you think okay that's fine but then we go and sign him for, for two years. I I don't understand that. I could understand if they signed you know a kind of a, a one year extension and perhaps you know the the possibility of after that because God knows what Freddie Burns must be feeling now mm. that he's signed him for two years. Burns' contract is up at the end of next year. He's probably saying well, they clearly want me out next season. And how how would that how would that what message does that send to, to the players? I'm just uh, yeah, Tom. What what do you think about it?
1: Well, yeah, I completely agree, Charlie. I was going to make I was going to make exactly the same point about the two year contract seems um, seems absolutely ridiculous. You know, I understand you can't find you can't get Cruden, we can't get Pollard, we can't get Ainscombe, Um So you know, let's let's stick with Prieston. We sort of he's, he's a known quantity, but but two years seems seems very strange. And you're right, it is an embarrassing UTEP for the club. I think. The only sort of defence I would make is the way, um, you know, his departing was announced initially, I think, was a potential bit of a slip-up from Priestland in an interview. Um, and then the club sort of had to come out uh, um, and, and, announce it, um, and announce it, and announce that he'd be leaving. So I, I don't think they'd actually made the decision that he would be leaving. Um, and then, obviously, um, they bat themselves into a bit of a corner where they then had to re-announce um, that he was signing, which, from, you know, we sort of see the intricacies... Of this slightly more, but if you're if you're a fan of an outside club looking at looking at how Bath are handling these issues, then you're absolutely right, Charlie. You know the obviously the the, the publication of the open letter to supporters that was seen a bit of a strange move and, and divided opinion quite a lot. Then there's this, which you know looks like a massive sort of an, an, and slightly incompetent uh, U-turn by the club. So yeah, from from an outsider's perspective, you can certainly see. Um, why uh, Bath, and not just an outside fan, but an outside player's perspective, looking at potentially signing for Bath, um, you, you'd have to be you'd have to be slightly concerned that these sort of these sort of things just seem to keep happening time and again.
2: Yeah, and I I I don't know if that has perhaps influenced what these uh, what what those three halves that were under the microscope, these these three fly halves who were under the microscope, uh, and we were looking to sign. Uh, might might have thought maybe they thought you know uh, there's been lots of cases at Bath do they manage their guys well do I is that a club I really want to be going to uh, and it it does worry me slightly whether whether that's that is going to be impacting on players' decisions because as you say we've we've been we've been in in the shop window for. For, for, for quite a few fly halves and uh, no, no interest from anybody and we've we've made it pretty clear that we're looking for a big contract probably i'm going to be a marquee player and uh, i think we've we seem to put that uh, put that money aside to sign someone big so i can't understand if we've got this this uh, um, disposable cash to be spending on one uh then how come how come we can't we, we can't get them
0: yeah, I think I said, I think it was on last week's podcast, how I thought about this. And I I would be wary of sort of just throwing money at anyone just, just for a change. Like, I do think it's important we get the right guy. And Charlie, I completely understand what you're saying. That, that, go on, go on. No, no, I'm saying I I, I, I agree with that.
2: Wait to get the right guy. But then why have you signed him for two years? I, 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 that's what I cannot
0: understand is the fact that... I agree. Yes. The, the length of the contract is is very strange, but 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 that aside, I think that it is the right thing to sort of to sort of wait for the right guy. And, and if that isn't this season, then, then 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 don't go wasting sort of money on on, on people that that you don't necessarily think is exactly the right fit. Wait and get this right because if we get this right this could sort of change the the sort of future of the club for the next 5 or 10 years it's a massive decision who you're going to if you're going to get a, a a marquee fly half you need to bloody well get that decision right and if if they don't back themselves to get it right this summer then wait and do it next summer because we need to get this decision right. And, and we've made a few poor decisions uh, with signing players and, and, and overpaying for players and maybe not keeping hold of the right players. And I'm happy that the club have sort of said, no, we're not going to get this one wrong. We're not going to be pushed into doing something because Priestland's leaving. Um, we're going to do the right thing here for the sort of long-term future of the club. And I'm quite happy that that, that they've done that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, Charlie, just for your sanity, I think the only way that I can sort of reconcile in my mind that why they've signed him for two years is that they essentially, then next season, put themselves in the same situation that they are this season. So next season, Burns will be out of contract at the end of the season, like Priestend is this season. And so we'll then look for another big name. Hopefully we'll be able to get, as you say, this long-term option. And then Rhys Priestend, who by that stage will be 34 potentially, will then be sort of the backup experience fly-half. And then the other point I was going to make is that by by that stage as well, hopefully then you know, Tom de Glanville um will be starting to come through, play much more, and we'll sort of have that top dog, um, you know, marquee player, Reese Priestland as well, with sort of one year um on his contract um following next season, and then also Tom de Glanville who just as a little aside, boys, I know you've seen this, but if anyone hasn't seen um, his try for Bath United is quite ridiculous. So um, definitely uh, get me get me some of that in the in the first team <laughs> next season. But do, do, does that? I guess that's that's the. Do you boys see what I'm saying there? Yeah,
0: I kind of think that's the sort of idealistic mm. view of, of how this is going to go. Whether it actually sort of plays out like that, um, and only time will tell.
2: Yeah, uh, and I just think it goes back to what I was saying. How how much Freddie Burns be feeling about that? Because mm. he's he's gone from he's gone from being the preferred. Fly half that they want to keep here. To suddenly, then them saying, "Nah, actually, no, you're gonna be out." Because if next season, and they they they'll probably come out soon, I imagine, and say, "You know, we still are looking for we still are looking for a, for a high class 10. And they, they, Todd Blackadder has said that they're still in the market for well, he said back three player, but they haven't signed a single back coming into next season. Uh, and you know, if someone does turn up, then who, who knows what they could do? And I just think it—it it just sends slightly the wrong messages that that, that it seems that, that this has already been planned. And it, you know, mm. you know what I'm trying to say. I just think I just, I just Burns, think it sends the wrong so messages.
1: Like Burns, like Burns is clearly now the second choice by half, so um, I don't think you know, I don't think he can have too many complaints now that Reese Prieston's first choice that they're looking to re-sign him and keep him as first choice mm. in the absence of of being able to get this. This big player, but as you say, all speculation. Um, but but slightly frustrating because it feels like we sort of been building this crescendo and um, into this big announcement for for next season's superstar. Um, and it and it and it won't be happening. But um, yeah, it could be worse. We've got a very very strong squad and, and two um, good good solid fly halves and obviously Tom de Glanville um, coming through. who's very 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 promising.
2: Yeah, uh, just and just finally, I, I think perhaps it. I I I've I've got a feeling that that perhaps there could have been a slightly deeper search into some southern hemisphere players I I feel I feel like we didn't really get i I'm I'm sure the research has been done in but I feel like there are other possibilities that we perhaps didn't look into you know uh, I, I don't know if there might have been the potential of having like a a, a one-year signing or if we could get someone in uh, in, in in the off season of super rugby and uh, you know that's the kind of player we, we're after and i feel like there's there's a lot of tens who if we could perhaps get them in on a short-term contract and perhaps attract them to the club and 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 get, get them in for example how how uh, sale have done with uh, Robert Dupree, uh I, I think that's perhaps something that, that we, we could have looked into and I feel like it maybe wasn't touched upon. But although I know that
0: we know we we, we mm. we've all agreeing that we want to get the right man. Uh I, I think score. they would have, would have done their due diligence. We, we have absolutely no idea, but yeah. they'd, they'd yeah, be sure. stupid not to have done it. I, I think we do want the long-term sort of right guy. And, and, and we saw actually, we'll, we'll stop talking about this in a minute, but I think it's quite an interesting topic. We, we saw a couple of seasons ago when we were sort of in the market for a centre and, and there wasn't really a big name sort of that came available. So we decided to sort of get Ben Tapuai and, and get Robbie Fruin, both from uh, Super Rugby teams and, and neither are now neither of them are, are still at the club. So, I do think it's sort of an element. It's, there's an element of uh, amongst supporters of, well, just get anyone, get anyone, sort of let's have a change. But I do think the club would be wise to to sort of hold on and get the right guy and, and not maybe just sort of, um, yeah, throw the proverbial at the wall, which is probably a bit harsh. But, um, yeah.
1: Talk about super rugby, Charlie. I'm a bit disappointed that um, obviously Pierre Broncon, um, being head of scouting, obviously with an intimate knowledge of, of French rugby, how, how, that he hasn't found some. Precocious uh, French talent, um, thinking Roman Entomac um, it, it, style fly half, who uh, we could have brought in and who would have absolutely changed the game, particularly with some with some decent coaching.
2: Yeah, please do. This is what I mean. I I, I just feel like I, I just feel like we, we could perhaps there should there should, there should be we, we could perhaps look for some more value for money rather than just going oh Cruden yeah he, he's like pretty decent next All Black you know. Although probably a bit past it, uh, you know, Andre Pollard was the only one who really excited me, and then otherwise it seemed just a bit a bit short sighted just to go for uh, yeah, Anscombe.
0: It is important to sort of recognise as well that they were the three names reported in the press. We, we have no yeah. idea that if there was anyone else, or a couple of other names, um, which may have also got you excited, Charlie, behind the scenes. We, we just don't I, know. I, I, I like to speculate, Gabriel. Yeah, I know you like to speculate. <laughs> um, it, is,
1: it is quicker and and more immediate just throwing money at big names who are well known. Then actually, as you say, doing proper due diligence, diligence, and trying to get like a long term option, and and kind of finding that value, um, where sort of other 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 teams uh, haven't necessarily. So hopefully, um, we're just waiting, but it will be worth the wait, and we'll uh, n- next season we'll we'll sign a guy who's gonna 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 lead the backs for the next five ten years to come.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed it it works out like that, and and just. <laughs> yeah, it probably won't, but fingers crossed it does. And, and just bring this back slightly, uh, the last thing on the clash. And I think you touched on it, Charlie, that the way some things have been handled recently by Bath have been uh, have been pretty pretty poor and, uh, and almost slightly embarrassing as a fan. And I think that was what was so brilliant about about Saturday, is that it went so well. The atmosphere was, was absolutely fantastic. The pre-game was fantastic. The performance was fantastic. Five points, absolutely fantastic. And I think that is why I was so happy, because we didn't botch it it was brilliant and and a congratulations to not just the players and the coaches but all of the backroom staff as well that that was a massive sort of logistical effort to put that to put on what was a brilliant show so uh well done to the club I don't think they get enough credit at times and I thought that was a fantastic day so uh yeah we didn't botch that which was pretty nice to see
1: yeah yeah I was gonna you know, like raise one sort of more I guess slightly maybe a bit of a concern um from the game that you know I guess we can we can talk about um going to the Gloucester game going forward. And and that was just at the breakdown. Um, obviously Ellis um coming back in the six shirt. Sam Underhill started which is good to see and, and Zach Mercer who's who's not a specialist over the breakdown. Francois Lowe um has been prolific in that area this season. Um, unfortunately he's now ruled out um for the rest of the season with injury. But I just don't think um, and Charlie, like, you know, tell me if you saw something sort of different watching it on the TV. But watching in the stands, it didn't really seem like we had anyone that was competing and, and jackling over the ball. And we didn't really seem to win um, many penalties at the breakdown, get many turnovers. And for me, that's that's a little bit of an issue because Francois Lowe does so much work in that area. And it's been an important part of hmm. our defensive armory this season. And with him out, um, we really do need one of those back row guys in particular to step up. Um, into that jackling role, so definitely one I think maybe maybe a concern to highlight and, and you know want to want to look at going forward.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm mostly in, in agreement to be honest, uh, Tom. I think that Underhill had quite a quiet game on the floor. Uh, he he uh, he probably could have got a bit bit more involved than I expect him to in the oncoming weeks with uh, Francois Lowe out. Uh, Ellis had a, had a had a mixed bag of games. I thought uh, I you know. <laughs> He he gave away quite a few penalties. Uh, that that seemed that some some of them could be could be debated. Kind of arms over arms over shoulders, like shoulder neck region. Uh, but but otherwise otherwise he 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 contested all right. Uh, Mercer's not really his his game,
0: but. Um, yeah, you've certainly got a point to be made there, Tom. Gabriel, what's your Yeah, no, well, I I think like watching it sort of back on the on the highlights, like we've spoken a little bit about Bath's discipline and, and kind of the performance of JP Daw. And I think around the breakdown, he was he was very quick to to ping anything that he thought um, he thought was sort of office off their feet. Um, and, and sort of going too long at the breakdown, And I think that didn't really give Underhill the chance to, to sort of get uh, get over the ball and, and win us some turnovers. And I think there was another one where, where Nathan Cat was over the ball and he just got the, the sort of wrong side of the decision by J.P. Dole. So just looking ahead to, to further down the, the line in the season, just hope that um, we get a referee with a slightly more lenient uh, view on the breakdown because, um, as you say, that's a crucial part of our game.
2: Yeah, I I think that's definitely a point to be made as well. Like he he was very quick. He would say kind of release penalty, uh, take a yard penalty uh and i think that might have also been because of the spectacle of the game it being at twickenham lots of people were going to tune in to watch it it was it was it was the the main televised game on bt sports so i think uh perhaps he may may have been thinking i want to have a nice quick clean game
0: for, for for people to watch yeah perhaps perhaps but uh yeah we'll maybe talk about that a little bit more when we preview gloucester in a little minute but um before we do uh, just a little heads up for people that have missed it. Uh, Bath United were back in action on Monday night um, and unfortunately lost 31 points to 24 against Gloucester, having been 24 points to seven up. So so pretty disappointing for those guys. And that ends our, our qualification hopes in that competition. A, a pretty interesting team sheet, actually, um, if you go back and have a look at it. Max Ajoma starting in the centres. Uh, for Bath um, and, and Tom De Glanville actually starting at fifteen for Bath and I knew said it Tom uh, if you haven't checked out his try from that game then then check it out on, on Twitter or on Instagram um, a phenomenal turn of pace he's got and I've seen another try he actually scored for for England Under twenties um, about a month ago and. Uh, <laughs> I think his pace is one of his key attributes. Yeah. He's, oh, boy, he's so so quick, yeah. yeah. And I just wonder, sort of speaking about the the fly half debate, whether his position may actually uh, be slightly further back or or at twelve. But um, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Well, he'll
2: probably be taking Freddie Burns' spot then, his uh, fullback cover, because that's what we like to do anyway. <laughs> play our tens at
0: fifteen, a fly half come fifteen, I think.
1: Well, uh, yeah, like, like you say, Charlie. If we don't, if we don't end up signing uh, another bat three player, and both Wilsons um and Cooper Vuna do leave obviously all three being out of contract then it might be that De Glanville uh, fills in particularly with Atkins sort of a doubt for 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 the first couple of months of of next season. And I would just say as well on the Bath United point. So um I think this is the first time they've done it but Bath Rugby were streaming um the whole game on their Facebook page. So um if uh, like me on Monday you don't really have anything to do and just wanted to wanted to 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 watch how, how the boys are doing then uh, yeah you can you can watch that um, on the Facebook page. At times, it's a bit of a tough watch, if I'm honest, boys, because there is no commentary and uh, the <laughs> sound is sound is limited. So uh, yeah, if, 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 if we we could fill in on the Monday, yeah, boys. I was,
0: I was just gonna say, Barfroppy, if you are listening um, and want some free commentators for your for your Monday night games, then we are oh, more than keen. <laughs> Uh and then just finally um announced today Wednesday as we speak uh that Paul Grant uh is moving on at the end of the season to Ealing. Uh joined back in two thousand sixteen, had a pretty bad injury hit season uh this season. But when he's been on the field, he's been I think a really reliable sort of number eight six cover. So good luck to Paul uh at Ealing. Um let's hope he does right there.
2: Yeah, I think I think he'll make a good uh, contribution to that Ealing side. He seems to be building uh building quite a name for themselves in the championship. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's potential uh, for them to, to make a bid for it next season.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, right, Gloucester boys, West Country derby. Um, time to avenge for that heartbreaking defeat. Uh, no, sorry, that heartbreaking draw at the... Death. Well, it felt like a defeat, yeah, didn't it? <laughs> that, it did feel like a defeat. That heartbreaking draw at the death um, earlier on in the season, in the second game of the season. And I think the key here guys lies in the injury news perhaps of Gloucester um, and that of their key fly half Danny Cipriani um, I think Johan Ackerman the Gloucester coach describes him having as having a realistic chance and um, putting us at a sort of 50-50 um, uh, possibility of him playing Charlie he's he's going to be crucial whether he plays or not yeah, he's been all
2: that's been good about Gloucester this entire season. Uh, he's yeah, he's taken like a duck to water to that team, and uh, he's really managed to uh, you know, to open up some some uh, some defenses. So uh, yeah, he's he's going to be the key player, obviously. I think uh, I think it, it was interesting hearing Ackerman's comments on 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 Cipriani. Uh, I think he was he was kind of toying with the idea, saying, "Oh yeah, we well." We've got a week off next week so you know hopefully there's a realistic chance that they'll be able to play. but of course we wouldn't we wouldn't play anyone if they're not 100% but it seems like that might be the case that perhaps uh, you know because a, a couple of other players I think uh, uh, Tom Hudson and uh, and Charlie Sharples also also went down and were taken off. They ended up with Jake Pledry on, on the wing uh, against Northampton. Uh so yeah they they're looking pretty thin in 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 the back three as well so it's not just Cipriani but uh yeah he's he's
0: certainly the main threat. Tom yeah. what do you think team, oh, sorry team news absolutely key. Tom where do you think this game is is going to be won or lost?
1: Well, I I was just going to add to to what Charlie was saying there it's it's not just the back three so at fly half Cipriani obviously a doubt Owen Williams um, who is their very highly paid second choice fly half? We know all about that. Um, he is also <laughs> injured as well. And third choice fly half Lloyd Evans is also injured as well. So I think that's the reason Ackerman's making those comments because um, so, all, so you know all their um, three fly halves are an injury doubt for for, for Saturday, um, and that's the reason that they've been playing this sort of six-two split on the bench, and that Paledri ended up on the wing. So I think if Cipriani can't make it. Um, Billy 12-trees probably, I I would say, would step into 12. And that obviously completely changes the way they're playing. I I would say, you know, Cipriani has been all-important for them and has brought the best out of um, the guys outside him. You know, you mentioned uh, Charlie Sharples. Oli Thorley's also had sort of a breakthrough season. Mark Atkinson at the weekend um, scored a first-half hat-trick. And a lot of that was to do with uh, with Cipriani giving him the space to, to score those tries. But Gloucester do... Uh, you know, have been bolstered um this season and, and last season, sort of after um Ackerman has, 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 has taken over at, at DOR. Um with sort of a really gnarly pack. You know, Franco Mostart, something of in particular, the back row is fearsome as well. Jake Pelledry, when he's not playing out on the wing, um, Freddie Clark, Ruan Ackerman. Um, obviously who's, who's been injured but he's been he's been phenomenal for them so um i, d- I don't think it's I i don't think it's a sort of as quite as simple as cipriani being out but obviously that will um radically change um how they're playing with 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 as I say 12 trees filling in in the tensure.
0: Banahan's played in just about every other position professionally. Uh, they may give him a, a go at fly-off against, <laughs> against his former club. He, sure, he's done just about everything else. I'm, I'm sure he has stepped in at 10-4 <laughs> in his past. It does, does seem like he's played every single number uh, on the rugby field. He used to kick touch for for Bath towards the end. Um, some pretty tough days, those to be fair. Uh, Charlie, have you, where would you sort of highlight um, as the area where it's going to be won or lost? The, the breakdown, perhaps, as Tom mentioned earlier?
2: Yeah, breakdown will be important. They've got they they've really you know recruited well i think in their in 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 well their their tight five their entire pack really uh um as of last season, so I think that's definitely going to be an area of concern, and hopefully we can win that battle. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see how we can scrum up against them because again, their 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 scrum has looked rather dangerous, uh, and we've we we it's it's the old cliche again, but you know forwards win games, uh, backs side by how many, and it, it's uh, it seems like it could be a case of that at the weekend. Uh, but uh, also, I'd say back three, it's very good to see that Jay Seeger isn't uh, is, is isn't out on a long term Injury. He's, uh, he's likely to be uh, fit and picks this weekend after after you know tweaking his
0: shoulder uh, at the clash. So uh, yeah. So, so I think the guys that are sort of in doubt for for Bath. Um, so so I think Cock and Asigar and Chudley are both expected to be fit. Uh, whilst on the other hand, Francois Lowe, Ross Batty, Luke Charteris, oh. Semester de and still unfortunately Anthony Watson not likely to be fit. So an eye on the Bath team as well. Yeah. Just just saying though on Ross Batty, I don't know if you've seen it.
2: Oh my god he had his nose spread across his okay. face at the weekend yeah awful broken nose it was uh, honestly it looked like someone had uh, someone had uh, you know spread some jam across his face and his nose had gone with it
1: if he's looking to pursue his WWE career, um, after rugby, then that might've been what it was, Charlie.
2: Bit of a bit. Yeah, everyone talks about, uh, Saracens helping, uh, helping players, uh, to, you know, set up their
0: post rugby careers. It's obviously, you know, Bristol players doing it for him. Yeah. And I own the WWE for, for Ross Batty. Um, just quickly, guys, looking at our, our sort of record at Kingstone, we, We've beaten Gloucester um, there in past previous season in the Premiership. So I think it's a pretty happy. Uh, sort of stomping ground and I heard Todd Blackadder speak about exactly that um, in, in, in the media Day on Tuesday and he was sort of saying that that in a derby like this it is another old cliche Charlie but sort of the form lines go out the window because um, the players are, are, the players and supporters has a slightly different sort of feel feel about the game so so I think in terms of that we, we've got a great chance looking looking at just our, our recent record at King's home.
2: Yeah, I'd also just like to wait. Oh, sorry Tom. Can I just dive in here yeah, go no, on on, go. on 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 that? Uh West Country derby is always, you know, as you say Gabriel, tempers and, uh, and 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 passion is 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 up to paramount. And I think discipline is going to be seriously important. Uh there's often yellow cards handed out in these games uh, just from serving from from my memory and and i think that if we if we get on the wrong side of referees or we manage to lose our call too much i think we could really pay the price pay
0: the price <laughs> go on tom
1: i'll just say maybe maybe i'm being a bit of a cynic but i i do think it's a bit easy just quite quite easy analysis just to sort of you know, it's to say it's a West Country derby, you know, t- tempers will be will be fraying, everyone will be sort of wanting it a bit more. Is that is that really the case in the modern day game? Like, I'm looking down the Gloucester, the Gloucester team sheet that played Northampton at the weekend. How many Gloucester boys are in that side? Half of them are South African. You've got Ed Slater, who's Leicester, Matt Banahan, who obviously we know cut him open, he bleeds blue, black and white. Danny Sabriani, he's been about five or six clubs. Billy Twelve Trees. You know, I'm not I don't know how much I buy into the fact that these guys are going to be building up this West Country derby on so much more than they would any other game to be honest there's
2: a point to be made there tom but i think it's 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 not just the players themselves like the, the fans like mm. I, I get more up for a game when we're playing gloucester it's 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 the guys that the guys are watching the game that you know they, they they transmit that energy onto the field and i think it really it psychs up the players and when you've got when you've got a stadium that's that's literally bouncing when well not literally bouncing <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all, uh, basically bouncing uh you know, throbbing with energy, you know, while the players, are, while the players are warming up, that transfers onto the field, and it, and I think that does have an does have an effect on the game, and it, and it makes players realise uh, you know, how important this is to players, and it kind of puts them into that mentality. Yeah, I I probably
0: sit slightly on the fence to be honest with you. Like, I do think sort of, I I I'm I hate it when people say, "Oh, you know, a player necessarily wanted it more." I'm not sure it's it's necessarily that. I just think you're right, Charlie, in the fact that it is more from the from the supporters and and in the sort of build up to the game. I think if you talk about it enough. I almost think it sort of becomes a reality if if you know what I mean. Um, whilst you know, I think I think the media talk and and the talk because you know without a doubt Bath will be speaking, Bath players will be speaking about it. Gloucester players will be speaking about it. You know, it's, it's it'll be the talk of, of both towns. And I think if you talk about the formulas going out the window enough and the fact that it's a West Country derby, then it, it it sort of comes true. And I'm not sure it's sort of. You know, a natural thing based on on players wanting it more because I I, I never think that's necessarily the case.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, we we we're, we're all sat on a different point of view, but uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely well, take mm. take take what you want from that, I guess.
0: Anyway, uh, let's.
1: Oh, oh, you've got Bristol, so last week it was West Country derby. You got Exeter as so a West Country derby. <laughs> the West Country. There are more teams in the Premiership in the West Country than any any other sort of region in the country including London now that wants to move to Coventry so yeah X does,
0: well, not, X does not all West Country derby it, it's bloody miles away
1: it's not West Country
0: yeah right it's not a derby this is, the, this is the derby I
1: guarantee to you if you go back and listen to the, mm. the, the preview we did of the Bath X game we would have been giving it all this rhetoric about, you know, oh, it's a West Country derby. The boys will be more up for it. To be honest, I don't buy into this at all, boys. But um, yeah, fair enough. I can see your point of view, and I do agree with you that the shed potentially will be what was the word throbbing a little bit more. Um, you know, we're trying to get a bit literally of
2: blood. bouncing. I think I said.
1: To us, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm not sure that that um, transfers across to the uh, to the South Africans on the field.
0: <laughs> this this is the derby for me. Uh, this is this is the one most important. I, I probably said that as you say, Tom, for the extra game. But uh, I do think for Bath fans, this is the key one. So um, yeah, really, really looking forward to this game on BT Sport and. Just to note as well, if you um, if you haven't got BT Sport and are looking to watch this game, it is also on free to air on Channel Five. So that's absolutely brilliant. Um, even more people um, to be throbbing their energy onto onto the game, and of course um, that means
2: more people to tell about this podcast to tune into, and they will be reviewing the game. So uh, yeah. Tell your mates. Um, that's,
0: that's the only way we've got to, to spread the podcast, so uh, please do that. Great plug that, Charlie. Um, right, let's uh, wrap this up with a, a quick prediction, Tom. And I'll come to you first, uh, you cynic. What's going to happen uh, in this game and how many points are, are Bath going to do it by?
1: Well, are we, what are we assuming on the Cipriani front?
0: Um,
2: you tell us, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I if, if it'll help you out, I think that there's going to be a... Eighty percent, eighty percent Cipriani on the field. He's not going to be fully fit.
1: I would say, I would say, given the the sort of lack of backup, I think Cipriani will play. Um, and if if we make that assumption, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be tough to be honest. Um, I think um, they might, to an extent, beat us and hang
0: game. up the line. <laughs> Sorry. And hang up the line. <laughs> Sorry, mate. We, yeah. we 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 just lost you there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that no, was Bath by how many? Sorry um bath by, <laughs> by minus
2: eight bath by I okay. Uh, Charlie, um well, uh, I am going to turn that around. I think Bath can do it, and I think the injuries—you know—the uh, back three as well—is is missing a lot of players. You know, I've already said Tom Hudson and Charlie Sharples. who both were starting at the weekend. They went off. Uh, Woodward wasn't playing, I believe, because he's injured. Ollie Thorley wasn't playing, I believe, because he's he suffered a bit of a knock. So that is a lot of a lot of blokes down in 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 their in the in their back three. So it's it's going to be uh, a lot of weight on uh, on Banahan's shoulders. Uh, and I think hopefully if we can if we can uh, win that win, win that um, uh, forward battle you know especially at the breakdown uh, I think we'll be able to just sneak it and I'll say Bath by well
0: Bath um, yeah Bath by two just beating the South Africans Bath by two um, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to reverse yours Tom and go uh, Bath by eight. Um, I'm pretty positive about this. I think Gloucester have been struck down with an injury. The bath train is just starting to roll towards the top four. Um, we're gonna pick up some more momentum here. Um, so yeah, bath by eight in what is gonna be a fantastic West Country Derby. Put the form book out the window. That is what we it, do on Derby it's Day. day. <laughs> <laughs> right, brilliant. And and just remember this week as well, we're all not just bath fans. Um, But we're all getting behind Newcastle because, yeah, let's send Leicester down because that would be even better. (laughs) A couple of things then, guys, before I wrap this up. Um, And just firstly, uh, some absolutely fantastic news, the best news of the weekend, um, without a doubt. Um, And that was on Sunday uh, where Rory McConaughey tweeted out that um, his partner had... uh, beaten her battle with cancer after 18 months of struggling um, with the with the disease. So absolutely brilliant. We are so happy for you, for you, Rory, and for your partner. Um, that's absolutely brilliant news. And it was a great way to, to cap off what was a, a fantastic um, weekend um, for Bath. And just finally, guys, um, I spoke to you about this, Tom, uh, on Saturday before the game. Um, and, and, and it kind of got to a point where this season we sort of invest a lot of time um, and a lot of a lot of money and a, a lot of effort into into this club and uh, and and because we do this podcast. But I know a load of Bath fans are exactly the same, and and it's been a pretty tough season with with sort of last minute defeats and um, everything like that. So it's been pretty tough. And I think it got to a point where I was I was listening to this. I, I read this quote. I was listening to this quote, and it said, um, "You should stop uh, sort of being a fan when when the losing is worse than the winning is good." And it kind of made me think, you know, am I at that point with with being a Bath fan? But then I I went to the Clash and and, and that was an absolutely fantastic day. And and, and that just proved to me that the winning is still so much better than the losing is tough. No matter how tough that losing gets, um, stick behind the boys because um, that was a brilliant day and that was a brilliant victory. As Charlie said, uh, please do tell your mates about this podcast Um, spread the word uh, uh, and also if you can uh, leave us a nice review um, on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts uh, because that really helps us sort of spread the word uh, through that Um, get in touch with us on twitter facebook and instagram at bath rugby plug as well with your thoughts thank you so much for listening we'll be back in our usual slot of tuesday morning next week thank you charlie cheers gabriel and thanks tom
1: cheers lads